Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Backstage Gaming, dramatic takes on your favorite games. I'm Chris. And I'm Dylan. And we are kicking off a, uh, a two-episode special this Ooh. week. Hey, Dylan, what are we talking about? We're going to talk about the magics of character design. Neither of us being artists, but whatever. Don't, don't think yeah. too hard about it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's the premise. This week, we are going to talk about character design as it pertains to like uh, individual character narratives or character play styles. And we're going to be taking a particular look at some fighting game franchises that we like because fighting games are a pretty solid distillation of like character design to gameplay. Um, and then next episode, so two weeks from now, we're going to have our friend Dakota back on. Dakota was on uh, an episode a couple of years ago talking about uh, Magic the Gathering card art. He is a visual artist and he's going to correct all of our misconceptions about visual art and also... Uh, we're going to talk about some other aspect of character design, uh, visual design, all of that kind of good stuff. Uh, we don't know exactly what that's going to be yet. It's going to be based a little bit on what Dakota wants to talk about specifically, but look forward to that. But today, hey Dylan, why is character design so goddamn important in fighting games in particular? Um, well, because uh, fighting games don't have a lot of dialogue or story, like... You know, it, in later fighting games, you'll have like some dialogue before rounds, maybe during rounds. If you're blaze blue and you're just fucking sick like that, um, <laughs> but uh, usually, yeah, blaze blue's fucking sick. I said it. Blaze blue <laughs> kicks ass. Blaze blue's weird as hell, but it's so fucking cool. Right. Stop the hate. Anyway, <laughs> um, fuck what you heard. Anyway, okay. Uh, so yeah, no character design. We will not be talking about blaze blue and character design. No. <laughs> But uh, what what a character design does is it tells you a lot about that character's personality, um, in some cases where they come from, uh, what their background is, what they're all about in terms of fighting style, what they might be about in terms of personality. It really depends from game to game. Um, a, a character from Street Fighter is not necessarily going to give off the same vibe that a character from Tekken is going to give off, or a character from uh, King of Fighters uh, they are all games that star martial artists that take place in the modern world, but yet they still somehow all have their own distinct visual style to them. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about that a little bit, but we're also going to talk about um, how characters' designs have evolved over the years. Yeah. And on that note, I think that that's a, a fun thing to kind of just kick off with in a very abstract way. Like, 
if you think back to the earliest fighting games that exist, things like the first Street Fighter or the first Mortal Kombat, the technology God, God was not... think about the second Street Fighter. <laughs> yeah, think about the second Street Fighter if you're, if you're going to. But for the, for the purposes of today, the first Street Fighter, if I'm remembering correctly, only had like two characters? Was it only Ryu and Ken, or am I completely off base only there? Only two playable characters. That's what I'm thinking of, um, yeah. The arcade mode had you fight uh, computer, uh, computer only controlled, uh, like, I was about to call them boss characters, but that's not quite right. Yeah. Although, considering how janky the first Street Fighter is, you, you would be forgiven if you considered <laughs> them all bosses. Yeah. Oh boy, we played that game for like one afternoon back when we lived together, and like, Man, the jump from one to two is staggering. It's incredible. But from a purely visual point of view, like, take the first Mortal Kombat, for example. That game was all rotoscoped. It was rotoscoped images. They, like, took photos of dudes in their pajamas dressed up like ninjas uh, and rotoscoped those into the game. And given that that was what they were doing, the only real tools they had at their disposal were, like, color the color of the character, and posing. And those are two things that we're definitely going to be taught, like posing at least is something that will continue to be a thing. But as games developed and as we got, you know, more graphical fidelity and more the ability to differentiate characters more, that started to happen in every fighting game franchise. Like the, the degree to which you can look at, in a lot of cases, if you're familiar with a roster and someone of a game and someone shows you the silhouette of a character's idle stance... That is enough to be like, oh, I know who this character is. Um, character, like visual identity is, I think you could argue, one of the most important things to get right about a fighting game. Mm -hmm. Just because if you get that wrong, then like a lot of the other elements of the game just kind of won't work as well. Man, do we know any costume designers? I feel like it'd also be interesting to pick their brain about it. Oh, that would be a really cool episode. Holy shit. <laughs> Let's reach out to fucking our professor of makeup and costume work from, from our school. That would be fucking awesome. <laughs> that would be incredible. Anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's let's kick off. Uh, Dylan, what was... Did you, did you have a, a game that you wanted to kick us off with so we can kind of... I think that this will be best exemplified by starting to do some analysis. Oh, I genuinely thought we were going to start with... Uh, well, okay, yeah. Uh, actually, yeah. If we're, I feel like the best place to start would actually be Terry Bogard in the Fatal yeah. Fury series. Also, Hell King yeah. of Fighters series. Um, uh, and I, I, will, I will remember to post some, some official images of these characters uh, in our Twitter thread when I, when I post this episode. But Terry Bogard is the fucking best. <laughs> um, yeah. Terry Bogart is, is, I think you could safely say, the, the, the main face of Fatal Fury. and Definitely the main face of Fatal Fury. Yeah. Um, Arguably one face. of the main faces of King of Fighters, although yeah. there you're, you're butting up against Kyo. But yeah, Terry Bogart is, is such a good design. Like, his design has varied game to game, uh, and fairly substantially at times, but... The thing that is has or the design that has kind of stood the test of time and is the design they took for his Smash Brothers incarnation. Uh, he's just an all-American looking dude. He's an absolute Dorito of a man. He's got um, also worth pointing out that Fatal Fury came out before Street Fighter 2, I want to say. Did it really? Let me let me double check that real quick. Yeah, because it was created by the creator of Street Fighter yeah, 1. Yeah, I knew that. Uh, I knew that 
that guy left to to join us in K. Yeah, and I I thought it came out shortly after Street Fighter Two. Uh, wait, okay, so Street Fighter Two was February nineteen ninety one. Uh, Fatal Fury was November nineteen ninety one. Okay, okay, so, so it was not a little quite. After. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, Terry Bogart. He's 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 a tall glass of water. He's got slim fit blue jeans, red Converse, a red like leather vest over a white T shirt. Uh, and I I think what makes uh terry bogard stand out so much is because like you look at street fighter and street fighter 2 and you you basically have characters who are very much you know martial artists but more importantly than that they're kind of less personalities they're they're less characters in the original street fighters um and more uh personification of a martial art yeah yeah like you have karate man with bandana and American karate man and sumo wrestler and Russian wrestler and weird Brazilian animal person. What's up with Blanca Capcom? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but then you get King of Fighters is so much about like every character fits into like a character trope rather than being a fighting style. Like Terry is this like all American motorcyclist, like boy next door if the boy next door was a semi-truck he, he's he's not not kurt russell's character from big trouble in Little yeah, china that's very apt like down to the fucking trucker hat god what's his name it was jack something yeah but he's terry is a great example because terry is he's built like a brick shit house but not in the like big heavy guy kind of way like He's ripped as hell, but he's not bulky. And like that's one of the things that we're gonna probably talk about a lot Unless is like you're size King of, of Fighters character. 13. What's that? Unless you're playing King of Fighters 13. Well, yes. <laughs> the the character proportions in King of Fighters 13 are just huge Ackman. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but like that's one of the big things is, you know, everybody kind of has an understanding of body dynamics. Like, if you see someone who is very, very big and broad, you will expect them not to be as quick as somebody who is smaller and slighter. And as in life, so too in fighting games. Most characters that mm-hmm. are on the really big side are not going to be the speedy zipping around the stage type, and vice versa. Uh, and so Terry kind of fits neatly in, like, the middle size category for King of Fighters. Uh, mm-hmm. because he's he's one of the main characters of the game. He's one of the, like, for lack of a better word, kind of, like, standard beginner pick type characters. Um, he's definitely the poster boy. No, absolutely. And then, to, to contrast that, another King of Fighters character, Ralph. <laughs> Ralph Jones. Yeah. Uh, That's my boy. Yep, Dylan likes to absolutely take my teeth when we fight in King of Fighters using <laughs> Ralph Jones. Um, Ralph is actually just a refrigerator of a man. He is he is uh like think Rambo and then like you know make Rambo big. Yeah, take Ram take take a PNG of Rambo into Photoshop <laughs> and then click the point in the middle of the side and drag horizontally until he is about twice as wide. Um, just, just squash that yeah. beefy man. Uh, but he he is. His character trope that we're leading into is, like, military man. He is a commando. Yeah. He's, in most games, he is wearing, like, cargo pant army fatigues and 
uh, a tank top under a like yeah like a munitions vest um and a bandana and just the the beefiest arms you will ever see and that that is reflective of his playstyle, like his build and you know he's got this very aggressive uh kind of leaned forward swapping his feet boxer type of stance uh and when you play him you you go in he is not a character who like messes around with fancy footwork he doesn't have moves that are designed to like mix your opponent up he applies pressure and has unblockable attacks um i would also um so to bring it back to terry real quick chris um i wanted to talk about terry and garo mark of the wolves um, yes because because he is superb yes um and so in uh garo mark of the wolves that is the final um fatal fury game in the series and it, it's after a time skip at the end of a uh, real bout fatal fury which is the fourth game in the series don't think too hard about it um <laughs> for context goro is the seventh all again don't think about it um but at the end of that uh the terry bogard's nemesis geese howard dies um terry attempts to save him but geese is like no i'm not gonna let you save me and he, he falls off of his own skyscraper um, and so, out of guilt, Terry adopts uh, Geese's son, uh, Rock Howard, and Rock Howard saying it all at once makes it sound like Rock Howard, and that's not important <laughs> to our conversation, but it was kind of funny to me, so I wanted to it point it out. It is very good. Yeah, so uh, Rock is the main character of Garou, and to reflect Terry kind of stepping down from the main character uh, position, he no longer wears red, um, and I feel like red is... Not just in Japanese media, but um, in general, red's kind of like a this guy's the leader type of color, um, or this guy's the main character. This is the focus because it's it's bold and it's it's attention grabbing. And um, Terry's uh, Garou design swaps out his jacket for a uh, brown aviator jacket, and uh, he's no longer wearing his iconic baseball cap, and his hair's not in a ponytail. He's letting it down. So um, it's also, I think, a little bit shorter. I, th- I think it is, like, it's definitely his shorter. ponytail goes like to the back of his knees in some game in some. Uh, yeah, game like Ter- Terry Bogard's got some long ass hair in uh, <laughs> in uh, certain certain um, Fatal Fury King of Fighters games. But uh, yeah, no, in um, Garou, it's like maybe down to his shoulders, which is still long, but like it is significantly less long. Yeah. But it, it's cool because it's it's more of a muted color palette. It's more understated, but it still has kind of a a cool uncle vibe to it. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. It feels like a logical progression. Like if I don't know how old uh, Terry is meant to be game to game canonically, but like it feels like he has moved on from his late 20s and is now in like, I don't know, his early 40s. Mm-hmm. but it still feels very much like Terry. Yeah. Just like a Terry that's maybe chilled out a little bit. I would agree with that. Because my, my read of Terry's always been like boundless, um, maybe not optimism, but boundless enthusiasm. Yeah, I was just going to say games. enthusiasm. In in like Fatal Fury, there's like kind of a revenge story going on. But like even, even then, now that I think about it, like Terry's always uh, pretty upbeat. And he's upbeat in... Um, Garou as well but like you know it does it does feel like that enthusiasm's kind of mellowed out a little bit 
Yeah, did um, and this is me. Like I've played a little bit of Garo, but not a ton of it. Did Terry's gameplay change at all in Garo compared to the previous entries? Um, not particularly. I think okay. Terry's pretty constant. Um, oh, never mind. I completely forgot. I'm pretty sure that was the debut of Buster Wolf. I think you're right. Holy shit! Yeah, let me let me double check that real quick. But one of Terry's most iconic moves, um, where he does like a lunging punch that is given extra impact by a burst of flame. And also, as he is winding up the punch, he goes, Are you okay? <laughs> it's great. It's so good. Uh, I want to look that up now. But yes, I, I, I want to say that Buster Wolf uh, debuted in Garo. Yes, Buster Wolf was first introduced as one of Terry's new super attacks in Garo, Mark of the Wolves. And has Super infrequently cool. been a part of his KOF moveset throughout the years, as well as various crossover games. What's it called? Rising Tackle's also kind of an inconsistent uh, move that Terry has in some games, but doesn't in others. I don't know if it's important to mention that he doesn't have it in Garo, Mark of the Wolves, but he doesn't. And Rock does. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that's cool. That, that's another thing. Tell you what, what if we go to the uh, the playbill because i have something that kind of comes out of this that i want to talk about uh but it'll probably be a little bit more chunky of a conversation okay interesting let's do it Here we are in the playbill, everybody. This is where we talk about other shit that we've got going on, other things that we think you should check out. Uh, like, for instance, hey, Dylan, if I yes. wanted to listen to a couple of dorks talk about a, uh, a old school ro giant robo anime, you, you wouldn't happen to know where I should go for that, do you? Well, it, as it turns out, Chris, I happen to know a dork like this. That dork's name? Dylan Gregory. <laughs> huh? Um, yes, and I co-host a show with our other dork friend, Coop, and together, <laughs> we host Dude, You Remember Macross. Um, Macross, of course, being a seminal classic, uh, giant robot anime from the early 80s, was adapted into English on, as, a uh, Robotech, which you may or may not know, you probably don't know, that was a very, uh, Gen X thing, <laughs> you know, but yeah, no, we, uh, we talk about this old mecha anime and if old mecha anime is your thing if you like retro anime you like mecha anime maybe you recently got into gundam because there's so much gundam content out now hell um, yes there is yeah uh you know check us out check out macross and if you like macross you can listen to us talk about it on anchor.fm slash dude you remember uh we are also on spotify google play and apple podcasts you should also go check out our uh, our friends over at the Unexplored Places. Two of those friends are us. I don't know what this means, uh, but it's a, it's an actual play show. <laughs> I, we're I currently should like running. to think that we're our own friends. You gotta, gotta to have self-love there, yeah. Uh, it's an actual play show. We're currently using the Scum and Villainy game system to tell a story about ne'er-do-wells in space getting up to no good. Uh, and there's also a first season that used the Monster of the Week game system to tell a story about supernatural happenings in small-town Ohio. If either of those things sound fun to you, you should absolutely check them out. It's a great show. Uh, it's a ton of fun to be involved with. Uh, I I always look forward to the recordings, and this week there have been we've been doing a lot of like smaller group recordings, and there have been two days in the last eight that I've been like, shit, I need to record tonight, and then I remember that it's not on me. Um, that's neither here nor there. You should go listen to them. You can find them on Twitter at unexploredcast, or you can find them at uh, unexploredcast.libsyn.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Uh, I want to send a couple of thank yous first to the HP Video Game Podcast Network for having us on the network. It is a network full of podcasts about video games. And if you like our show, you'll probably like some of theirs. There's shows about uh, the fandom side, the news side, the development side, and then weird shows like us where I don't really know where you'd stick us. But analysis, maybe that's what we do. I don't really know. Go check them out. The rest of the shows are always being retweeted at HPVG Pod Network on Twitter. You should go check some of those out. And as always, a big thank you to our patrons at patreon.com slash bsgpod. It is thanks to you that we are not losing money by making this show. Uh, and that is a huge uh, privilege that I never stop kind of being flabbergasted by. So thank you again to all of our patrons. And if you like the show and you want to hear more of it and help support it being a reality, patreon.com slash bsgpod is a great way to do that. I think that's everything. Anything else for you, Dylan, before we get back at it? No. Let's do it. Back at it again. At the Krispy Kreme. And then I smack my microphone. I'm not going to do that. Very good Foley work. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right, we're back at it. And I wanted to kind of springboard off of the topic of, like, Terry Bogard's progression from, like, the mainline Fatal Fury games to Garou Mark of the Wolves. Uh, because I really wanted to talk a little bit in this episode about the character redesigns in Guilty Gear Strive, because holy shit, item one, they're all phenomenal. Like, mm. I, you know, the old designs are also great. I'm not trying to diminish those. And like, you know, I have opinions on some characters that I think used to look better than they do now. But overall, I think that the, the oh, visual you're have overall... you to tell me which ones those are. Off the top of my head, I, I mean, this is going way back, but I miss Potemkin being this, like, feral-looking dude rather than a cyborg. But, you no, know, like, that's fair. I, I, can't, I, still like, I can't argue with that. <laughs> I still like cyborg Potemkin. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, I wanted to talk about this because in a few cases, it's, it's indicative of a lot of things. One, they were going for a slightly different visual style than they did in, in Exerd. Um, but also, like, some time has passed. The characters are in different places. Uh, you know, in terms of the world in which they live. Some of the gameplay has been overhauled. A lot of the gameplay has been overhauled, but like specifically for some characters uh, received a little bit more of an update in that regard. And I think the visuals in a lot of ways kind of reinforce that really well. In particular, uh, I want to start off by talking about Kai Kisk and Chip Zanuff, because I think the two of them like really got some interesting changes to their overall aesthetics. Uh I'm glad I'm glad we're going to talk about Kai Kisuke's uh dad fit. It's so good. <laughs> it's such a weird look, but I fucking love it. Yeah, I I, I know just as many people who hate it, but <laughs> That's fair. Like it's it's a big change. He, he, I think he he got the biggest visual overhaul in the whole cast, I think. Yeah, that's fair. I, I would um, agree with that. But yeah, Kai, in in Exerd, Kai was wearing... Like, Kai in Exerd almost looks like a Blaze Blue character. Like... You're not wrong. He's got... And I don't say that in a disparaging way. Just, like, he's got this, like, layered, long coat with, like, a big, poofy shoulder area. Uh, it's all white and regal he's he's a member of the order of holy knights and in the event or a former member of the order of holy knights and in the events of exerd he is either king or like recently having abdicated the throne but still being in a position of authority if i'm remembering correctly i, I believe he's king in exile yeah um and 
So, like, that's the vibe they're going for. He looks very regal. He's got a, a very, like, ceremonial-looking outfit, for lack of a better term. And again, I'll, I'll put these images on Twitter. Um, he's got long hair. He's got, like, a, a, a hairpiece that's holding it in a ponytail. In Strive, he is no longer king. He has abdicated the throne in Strive. I, have n I will admit to having not yet watched the Strive story mode, so I don't fully know his new deal. But he looks entirely different. He's cut his hair. He's got just like kind of short cropped hair now. He's back um, to old Kai hair. It, in fact, I'm looking at all three. It looks like it's slightly shorter than. Yeah, I think it's a hair. little shorter than than like uh, accent core Kai had his hair and certainly less anime looking. It's a, like it's still anime, but not as like spiky stand up. Right. Uh, as old Kai's hair. And he is ditched the like bulky layered ceremonial robes he is now wearing a sensible pair of slacks with some crosses on the shins uh some some slouchy leather boots a like a pirate blouse shirt that's open down to his solar plexus and then i honestly really love this and again i get this is a big character change so like that's where people are going to be the most torn on whether or not it works for them but over his shoulders, he is wearing, like, what looks like a white leather jacket, but over his shoulders like a cape rather than having his arms through the sleeve as sort of a nod to that old, layered, uh, flowy design. Yeah. It gives the same impression of his silhouette without quite being... Yeah. And yeah. I, I honestly love this design. It feels like an older Kai. Like, it feels like a Kai that is in a different place narratively which he is and i also think that it reinforces some of the changes they made to his gameplay and again like i never played a ton of kai in the older games so i might be misremembering actually let me do a little bit of research real quick before i start talking Chris out of my boots ass up guilty gear xx accent core on steam no i'm booting i'm booting up uh dust loop in google chrome got you chris is booting up strive so it'll take us five years before we can talk again <laughs> No, he did not. Okay, I wasn't talking out of my ass. Kai largely plays the same as he did in, in uh, Exert. He's, he's got a lot of the same general like vibes to his attacks, a lot of very similar animations. He's got a lot of the same special moves, things like a, a lightning bolt that he can shoot out of his sword uh, and a, a dragon punch, an invincible sort of uppercut move. But he does have a couple of new things. In particular, one... He has a dragon install, which is a thing that used to be exclusive to Soul Bad Guy. He can, uh, Kai can only use it at low health, but he, you basically do a super input and it gives you a power up that comes along with this visual change where his uh, non-sword bearing arm and half of his face are like shrouded in this blue magic aura. Uh, notably, the arm that is, it, it, I believe, is... Uh, he's also wearing like a compression sleeve over his his sword arm. So the arm that is not compression sleeved is the one that gets all lightningy and dragony. But he has that and he also has a new move called uh I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation but I think it's pronounced Fudra art where he does this like leaping bicycle kick which is just a much more for lack of a better word like a rougher kind of fighting than Kai ever really had in the older games. Like, Kai has always had a fairly, like, buttoned-down, you know, he has some punches and kicks, but he's, he's mostly about the sword, and he's, he's got this sort of honorable combatant vibe. And to go along with his new threads, he gets some, like, 
nah, I'm just gonna jump over you and kick you in your head kind of kind of gameplay. And I just um, think a that's a really cool the other one. But... What, what's that? Uh, functionally, a lot of people prefer the other one just because it's so fucking abusable. But... I mean, that's absolutely fair. I'm speaking as no. someone who never enjoyed playing Kai in any old Guilty Gear games and absolutely loves Kai in Strive. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, maybe I'm just a weirdo, but you're a fucking casual. No. Um, yeah, that's I, me. honestly. No, Kai's Kai's animations are super satisfying in the new one. Yeah, um, I think that's what it is, is when I was pl messing around with like all of the characters in training mode, just kind of g getting a feel for the game. Something about the way they animated a lot of Kai's moves just like is very pleasing. Like mm -hmm. he's fun to watch. He's fun to to control. Um, and again, I just I really like this new design. And, it, and it's honestly, a wild... when, you're, when you're starting out in a fighting game, this is a slight aside, but yeah. when you're starting out in a fighting game, that's the most important part. Oh, yeah. Like that's one of the other things is I think that, again, whether or not you prefer older designs to the newer designs in Strive, I think it is impossible to argue that Strive is not one of the best-looking fighting games in a while. And given that a lot of their goal with Strive seems to have been to try to bring in a wider audience, because Guilty Gear has always kind of been a, a fringe fighting game series, like, these visuals did a lot of the heavy lifting for them. How many people... I can think of so many people that I, like either know personally or like content creators I watch online who had never played a Guilty Gear game before, but seeing the character reveal trailers got them into Strive. Anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. I also want to talk about Chip Zanuff, the beefiest ninja. Yeah, let's 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 talk about Chip Zanuff. So Chip's old design honestly fucking rips. I love I've always loved Chip Zanuff's design. I don't think he's uh, ever had like a bad design. No, he like very few Guilty Gear characters have. Uh, but Chips always looked cool, and I, I have his uh, his excerpt render, like the the official render of that up. Chips' whole deal: he was a punk kid who was adopted by a ninja assassin, but then when that assassin was killed, Chip got addicted to drugs, and then or I'm, do I have the do I have things oh, out of so order? So it is out of order. Um, I have things out of order. He was originally a drug dealer um that's who, what i'm thinking i okay. believe dipped into his own supply and like you know he was just a wreck um and he got rescued and rehabilitated by by a ninja, a ninja. assassin yes by a ninja assassin and he taught chip ninjutsu and chip became an uber weeb who is the type of guy to say japanese words that he doesn't know the meaning to when he does his attacks yep. he just he just thinks they sound cool <laughs> it's so good and then chip's story progresses to him beginning like starting his own country uh his own kingdom <laughs> yeah. of which he is the president ninja he owns um, his own micronation and chip fucking rules uh chip's chip design so chip's design and exerd kicks ass but there's not a ton about it like it it definitely reads as ninja but it also more than that to me just kind of reads as like punk rocker kid I, I i do want to point out that i think it is a natural evolution of his accent core design which really oh, is I agree. punk rocker kid yeah but i think that's kind of what i love about the the strive design is 
Item one, my dude got tired of being called a glass cannon and just went to the gym for eight years. And he's still a glass cannon. He's still a glass cannon, but now he's got arms that could crack a fucking coconut. He's got a um, big fucking chin. Like, and honestly, I, I just want to point out, you can see his arms progressively get bigger as the games yeah, go on. <laughs> which is delightful. Yeah. Um, also, uh, just I, I'm sorry to like speak over you, but no, another thing it. I wanted to talk about, uh, looking at his Exar design, like you... He does have things that scream, I'm a ninja. Oh, the, yeah. The Absolutely. The cut of his um, shirt is like, and pants are like baggy in a way that kind of reminds me of uh, Ryu Hayabusa from Ninja Gaiden. Yeah. Um, he, he has a fucking shuriken on his chest. Yeah. He's got the, uh, the like fishnet vest underneath his leather vest, which yeah. is like, I don't know that that is, that is not ninja in any sort of historical context, but it's very much like the pop culture ninja aesthetic. I've definitely seen it in like Naruto on, and shit or like in that. A, like on Ayane from Dead or Alive or yeah, something like that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not trying to say it's not ninja at all, but like it the if you look at his design in Accent Core to Strive or to uh, Exerd to Strive, it's like the punk rock kid to ninja pipeline. I also like how he he went from uh, sneakers, black sneakers, to these weird uh, boot sandals that have like a buck back belt buckle that fastens over his feet to actual just ninjas or not ninja sandals, but like he's just wearing sandals. Yep. Just... Uh, but yeah, the 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 changes are not as drastic as they are with uh with Kai, but like. He got bigger, his blade got a little bit bigger and easier to read. He traded the... Well, I mean, he traded his vest. His vest is different, but you could also just read it as him getting so big that his vest fits differently. <laughs> uh, but he's got this, like, high collar on his vest that zips up almost to the point of being, like, a lower face mask when it's zipped mm -hmm. all the way up. And then the big change is they gave him this, like, big fuck-off, like, rope belt... That, again, looks very, like, pop culture ninja. The rope actually kind of reminds me of, um, like, the ropes that, like, the bell, the belt at a Shinto shrine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm trying, I'm gonna um, see if I can actually pull up what it's called, or if it's just called bell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Suzu is what the, uh, bell is called. But yeah, it's got that same kind of, like... It's that same kind of density of rope. Yeah. I The other thing, the thing with Chip is it, his redesign for me doesn't so much reflect a change to like his gameplay. It does for, for his like position a little bit because, you know, he's getting older and stronger. And I, again, I haven't played the story mode, so I don't fully know what his deal is in, in, in Strive. I haven't, I, I think I've seen him briefly in the story mode. Um, I, we haven't really gotten into what he's been up to quite yet, so that that it'll be interesting to see him get a little yeah. bit more screen time. But the thing that about this redesign for me is that this feels the most like a redesign to tell the player this is not Exerd. Mm -hmm. Like gone, it like Chip is still very fast in this game. Chip still has a lot of like fast combos and quick. Like he has a, a three hit Rekka. Uh, he's got his cross-up moves. He's got a lot of the tools that he's always had, but Strive is fundamentally a... I think it's fair to say it's a fundamentally slower game than Exerd was. Yeah. Okay, uh, you were going to mention this. If you weren't, I was going to. Yeah, no, it, it, is, it is fundamentally slower. It is, you know, there are still plenty of combos you can do, but your 
much less likely to run into like you know 20 hit combos Mm -hmm. than you were in previous guilty gear games it is a it's not that kind of fighting game and so having chip kind of like the again maybe not the fastest character in the game but certainly one of the fastest characters in the game get bulkier is honestly kind of a clever visual just to be like all right even if you're playing chip it's you're not it's not going to be game. it's not going to be exerd chip yeah i was definitely going to mention that so i'm glad we were on the same same yeah. wavelength there yeah and like other characters got that a little bit too like even like soul bad guy has always been built like a brick shit house but even yeah. he's even more built like a brick shit house um, um, actually, I, I found this nice frame of reference that has the two side-by-side, uh, side, but now I gotta, like, find it. Even even at his most slender, like, Soul is built. Like, yeah, he is a Dorito. Got, his pectorals are bursting out of his um, weird vest shirt jacket thing. God, I'll, I'll, I, how fucking hype... I'm just looking at this. How fucking hype would it be if we got fucking Order Soul in Strive? That'd be fucking crazy. It's, it's not never gonna, gonna happen. happen. I would... It's absolutely never gonna happen, but I would <laughs> lose my goddamn shit. Just, like, for no reason other than, yeah, alright, he's back, whatever. Fuck it, fan service, time fan service. travel, exactly. whatever. Axel needed to go back in time to get Order Soul to help <laughs> with the fight. For some reason. Anyway, uh, but yeah, that... That's the main stuff I wanted to talk about in uh, with regards to Strive is I just I think that, again, overall, the redesigns just absolutely rock from my POV. I, I love all of them, uh, but I think that that couple of examples is really clever as a way of like using those visuals to reinforce the changes to the character or even the changes to the overall game uh, versus the predecessor. Mm hmm. Did you have any others that any other series that you were were looking to talk about? Because that was the main one remaining on my plate. Um, I I was gonna talk about King of Fighters briefly, but I feel Please. like that's actually a good. Or actually, no, I was gonna talk about uh Third Strike. Oh yeah. Oh fuck. I I want to play Third Strike so bad. <laughs> I do too. Um, God, yeah. There, there's the Steam release, but it's like it's fine. I've never played Third Strike, but every time I see any clips of Third Strike's animation, it just, like, activates my, like, every bit of serotonin in my brain. It's such a good-looking game, bro! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what did you want to talk about with regards to Third Strike? Um, how much I want to play it? No, um... <laughs> <laughs> I guess, uh, so, uh, at the beginning of this episode, which we have now recorded a day ago, um... I, I talked about how every Street Fighter character in the in Street Fighter 2 kind of feels like the personification of a martial art. Um, yeah. And I think what Third Strike does that's very interesting is, you know, it still kind of has that, like, super, like, we're from a country, but, like, it doesn't feel so over the top. It feels a bit more subdued, where, like, these feel like people who just happen to have, like, a really... Uh, an aesthetic that is incredibly indicative of their cultural background rather than I am sumo man. Yeah. <laughs> or I am I am uh Jamaican. I shake the maracas. <laughs> that's uh that's DJ for um <laughs> all you listeners at home. Um, but yeah, so I, I actually gotta pull up some pictures now, but... So, like, Street Fighter Third Strike has three returning characters. Uh, Ryu... Four returning characters, sorry. 
Ryu, Chun-Li, Ken, and Akuma. Um, their designs are virtually unchanged, so we won't be talking about them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let me pull up Sean real quick. Sean is from Brazil, um, and his his entire deal is he wants to be trained by Ken. Ken is currently raising a family and isn't looking to train anyone, so he's like, yeah, sure, I'll train you if you can beat Ryu in a fight. And I think what I what I like about Sean is, just like Ken and Ryu, he's got the karate gi, um, but kind of like how Ken, um, you can tell Ken's like a little, got a little bit more personality because he's got like the like the longer uh bleached hair um sean's got some sporting some dreadlocks he's got a ear piercing he's got a he's got a yellow uh gi which i find interesting i think it contrasts well with his skin tone i think i do too and um, i also love that the uh the sleeves on it are are ripped i think i think all of their sleeves are ripped unless i'm mistaken i Um, that might be i haven't seen i haven't to be honest i haven't looked closely at a lot of street fighter characters in a while you know what? That's super fine. Um, I can't remember the last time I played a Street Fighter game, unfortunately. Um, like I have Street Fighter Five now. Yeah, I get the. I guess that they are all uh, sleeveless. But yeah, um, man, it'd really be nice if there was a better version of Third Strike. Anyway, um, <laughs> man, maybe I'll just get the PC anniversary just because I have no self control. Anywho, um, yeah, so so that's Sean. It, it's kind of like has the same kind of uh, carefree fashion and function that uh, Ken has. I think it's just yeah. like the the natural next step of it. Next, we have so uh, there are two twins, Yun and Yang, and they're from Hong Kong. And honestly, here's a picture of them both together, which makes my life easier. And I really dig their design because um, oh yo, these Yun, guys look dope. Yeah, I love them so much. Yun, I want to say, is the one on... Yeah, Yun's the one on the left. He has... So, they're both from Hong Kong. They got kind of the... Um, I'm going to mispronounce this, but uh, I don't want to be wrong. Um, but, like, their their shirts are kind of like a take on this uh, traditional Chinese dress. Yeah, with, like, the toggle tie clasps. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really cool how it just kind of hangs over there. Because it's it's not like a full dress. It's it's being worn as a shirt, and I'm not sure if I've seen that. But like you know, it's not like I watch a lot of Chinese cinema or um have been to China and see the dress people walk around in. But yeah. uh, it, 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 it's really it got, cool. It it gives yeah. them a very casual yet fashionable vibe. Um, and then in addition to that, I I really like the the contrast in their two hair. Um, so Yun ha- is wearing this baseball cap. Um, it's got a little cartoon something on it. Looks like an owl. It's it's a little hard to tell from where I'm. I think it's a skateboard. Oh, it is. It is. Okay. Yeah. And he's also he also is holding a skateboard. And then his his brother Yang, um, has like the the Troa Barton from Gundam Wing hair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, which is very powerful, and it kind of gives them similar silhouettes. Like they have something kind of covering their faces, but uh, it also kind of shows that like their their personalities are different and how how they dress is different. Okay, but uh the the main one I wanted to talk about, I got to pull up Oro. Oro is fucking weird. Uh I think he's <laughs> Oro is this scary ancient Japanese deeply uh, weird dude who is basically wearing nothing except maybe uh the rags of what once was his karate gi 
I don't know. Um, but the coolest thing about Oro that you see in this pose and it, like actually really decently um, describes him as a fighter is he is standing on one leg and he's holding his uh, his right arm and right leg at the ready to fight and his other arm is being hidden behind the rags that he has clothed himself in. Does and he have another arm? I've I've not played. Uh, I haven't played Third Strike, so yeah. I've never. So seen I, I was actually about I've to only ever this. seen this render. Oro does have his other arm. He just handicaps himself because he doesn't want to kill anyone. Are you kidding me? That's the but I fuck I'm yes. dead serious. It's the fucking best, dude. That's the most shonen anime bullshit. <laughs> I'm like 99% sure Chairman Netero also did the same thing in Hunter yes, Hunter. Yes, he did. <laughs> it's super God, good. It's super so cool. fucking good. I think canonically, um, whatever fighting tournament that is taking place in Street Fighter Three, um, Ryu actually loses to Oro. I I think that is uh canon, uh Street Fighter canon. And yeah, Oro's just got like he's got a really weird design, but like also. He, there's something about him that is untraceable and unknowable and just frankly terrifying. Yeah, no, dude is scary looking, but in a very like cool, unusual way. He just he looks ancient. Um, but like I, I feel like the um lack of any real not personality, but the lack of any real fashion or um what what's the word I'm looking for? He doesn't really express himself through his clothing like other no, um, yeah. character designs do, do, but like that that plainness is actually like says a lot about who he is as a character. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's just completely like, you know, I he's live very for much martial arts. Into like the the like aesthetic martial arts monk kind yes. of vibe. Like, I do martial arts and nothing else. This is all I've been uh doing my entire life. Yeah, like in if if Dragon Ball was a fundamentally different sort of show, this is what Master Roshi would have looked like. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I I God, these designs are so fucking good. Man, I'm really gonna have to have <laughs> <laughs> to no. act up for some third strike. No, Dylan be strong. Just just fucking play on uh what's it called? Um Mame. Just, just play on Mame. Emulate it. Don't don't give them your money. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> they don't deserve it. Uh, uh, that feels like a good place to end off. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> but yeah, like I I think this is a fun discussion. I I love fighting game character designs. Uh, I think part of it is just like, and this is just like a parting thought. I think part of why they work so well is even like back in the day even in the day eras of like street fighter 2 i think there was just you could put more on a character if you knew that the only thing your game was going to have to be handling was two character models or two sprites this has always been a, a strength of fighting games as a genre because it's just two two characters facing off against each other so you might, might as well make them look interesting um but yeah, I hope that you all have enjoyed listening to us. Tune in next time to hear uh, our friend Dakota, who is much more able to be articulate about why art works. <laughs> uh, and he'll probably put us in our place. But until then, please let us know some of your favorite character designs, especially from uh, things like fighting games or other like multiplayer games. I, we could just as easily have talked about like 
the world of MOBAs or like battle royale style shooters or anything like that. Like there's a lot of variety in those as well. Or just cool video game character designs in general. Let us know on social media. Dylan will tell you how to do that in just a second, won't you, big guy? Uh, I'm sorry, that was a weird energy to come at you with. <laughs> anyway. Like, it was it was it was very um horny. <laughs> It's a little horny. I don't know why it came out horny, but it came out a little horny. There we go. Um, Well, you know, I just, I miss you so much, buddy. Just horny for some some bro time and nothing else. Uh, This is one of the, this is one of the times I wish Alex just interrupted the recording. I think she's out for a walk. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Mm-hmm. Until next time, please do uh, remember that wherever you're getting our show, whether that's on the Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever your podcatcher of choice is, uh, leave a rating, leave a review, tell your friends about it. All that kind of stuff is really genuinely how we like find the most traction uh, and means the world to us. So please, if you think kindly on us, let other people know that. You can also find more about our show, more about us, more about sort of the terms we might bring up. Uh, and even contact us directly by going to bsgpod.com. That's our website, bsgpod.com. Hey, Dylan, how about social media? All right, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter, where our handle is at bsg underscore cast. Um, also, if you want to hit us up or, you know, engage with us, talk about the stuff we talk about on the show, we recommend you use the hashtag bsgpod. Also, huge thanks to our friend Brendan French for the key art he has provided our show. If you dig his stuff, I recommend you check him out on his Squarespace at brennan-french.squarespace.com. You can also find him on Instagram.com slash brennanfrencharts and on Twitter at brennan underscore French. You should also go show some love to our friend BioQuery. He's the musician behind our theme song, Dot Sound Radio Volume 1 Instrumentality. Uh, he is a great composer and producer of electronica, and you can find all of his music by going to soundcloud.com slash bioquery. That's soundcloud.com slash B-I-O-Q-U-E-R-Y, or by searching for BioQuery on Spotify. Thanks again to the HP Video Game Podcast Network for having us on the network. Go check out all the other shows being retweeted over at HPVG Pod Network on Twitter. And thanks again to our patrons at patreon.com slash bsgpod for uh, supporting our show, making it so that we're not losing any money. It means the world to us, and if you like the show and want to support it directly, that's the website to go to for that, patreon.com slash bsgpod. I think that's everything. Hey, Dylan, anything else for, uh, for the lovelies before we log off? No, I think I'm good. All right, take care, everybody. We'll be back in a couple weeks to get our, our butts absolutely schooled at art. Bye. Goodbye now. <laughs> <laughs>